The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. The Flyers are coming off a third straight win, a 4-1 decision over the Coyotes on the road. Joe, I thought that was one of their more complete performances of the season. To me, if if you're looking for boxes to be checked off and trying to win a game, I thought they checked off a ton of them. What were your biggest takeaways from that win over the Coyotes? Well, a couple things. One is in, I continue to be impressed by this team and how they've learned to add to leads and close games because this is something that they absolutely had no ability to do over the last few seasons is to not be – like, for example, last night, first period, they give up a goal late, make it two to one. They come out and they add a goal in the second. They add a goal in the third. They – they know how to pile on, and that's a big part of winning is when you have a chance to pile on, you pile on. And this team has done that for much of this early part of the season. They've – I mean, they they had a little – has had some struggles when they allow the first goal, but particularly when they score first, they've been good at adding to the lead and closing games, and that is something to me that shows the growth in a team it shows the maturity of a team and um, a team that has learned how to capture games when they have the chance. Um, so that stood out to me. <laughs> well, the other thing that stood out to me was John Tortorella's displeasure with the game because I think Scott Hartnell might have mentioned it on post game last night that he didn't know if he was watching a different game than us because he, it, it's not like he came out and said he was unhappy with aspect a or aspect b he seemed to be unhappy with the whole game and that was a little surprising because as you mentioned we're watching and we think it's the most complete game of the season and he had quite a different view and said uh it was an ugly game by both teams um he seemed to be particularly distressed with the pace of the game and um I don't know. I, I kind of think games in that place and the atmosphere is a, a, a unique, more unique than any other in the NHL. And maybe that lends itself to some slow games. Um, it certainly sounded like there was a lot of Flyer fans there last night. Uh, so I don't know. When you go in there and it doesn't have an NHL feel, which Cam York said after the game, it's just a weird feeling. And I wonder if the players get a little wrapped up in the weird feeling. And this is only the second year that they've played there. So it's, and they only play there once a season. It's not like, you know, New Jersey or the garden where you're going there multiple times a year. This is some of these guys first time playing there. 
Other guys, it's their second time playing there. I mean, so maybe they get a little caught up in the weirdness of the atmosphere and um, the lack of professional feel to playing in a college arena. Um, but whatever it was, it caught John Tortorella's eye, and uh, we were all surprised to hear what he had to say after that game. I thought that was classic John Tortorello because he is very much a motivation scientist. He knows when to build his team up when everyone's probably bringing it down. And he really knows how to take his team down when everyone's building it up. And I think right now he's just trying to keep his team balanced, keep his team motivated. I think he knows they're going into Colorado to play an avalanche team that is really good. And I think he wants to keep them feeling like, hey, we can be better. We can fix this. We can fix that. We we did not play a complete game. Uh, we have a ways to go here. Uh, so to me, that was just John Tortorella doing what John Tortorella does. And I've heard from players that played for him in the past that he will manipulate the media uh, for the benefit of his team. Uh, if he feels his team's being attacked a little bit by the media or maybe criticized, uh, he'll, do a, he'll do something to distract the media from that. Or if his team's maybe on a run like this, where they're playing really well, you know, he'll try to keep them even killed and and kind of in the middle, not too high, not too low. So I think that's what John Tortorella was doing personally, Joe. Yeah, that was this absolutely the feeling that I got too. Um, but I don't I don't believe when he does that stuff that he's completely fabricating an opinion. So I was kind of wondering what it was that was catching his eye. Um, I mean, he brought up the first goal. Okay, I mean, so, but, you know, that kind of stuff's going to happen. But really, this team's output offensively, I don't know how you could be underwhelmed by that. And obviously, Carter Hart continues to play great. So um, those, are to me, are the big takeaways from this game. And really that the games where a young team, an inexperienced team, a team that doesn't know how to win, the games where that would – where you would expect them to be slow, the first game of a road trip, for example – Earlier this year when they went out west and they lose to San Jose on the beginning of a road trip, maybe they learn from that experience and then they come out and play like that on the first game of this road trip this time. So you can see the building blocks with this team. And I feel like every couple of weeks you see a different building block where it's like, okay, they've learned from that moment even earlier this season. So it's not even necessarily just about building on mistakes from last season and struggles. Now you're seeing things within the season that they're building off of. And to me, that's impressive. And, you know, you come in last night, the late lineup change with Ryan Paling out there. We know Torts likes Ryan Paling and how, what he brings to the lineup. But Oli Lixell, who probably didn't know he was playing right away, he had just been <clears throat> called up as um, Noah Cates got put on IR. But he goes in and, you know, I won't say anything he did really stood out, but there's that's a, not necessarily a bad thing because a guy that has not played an NHL game this year, you don't want them standing out for the wrong reasons, and he certainly didn't do that. And John Tortorella was semi-complimentary of him after the game. Um, you know, so I, th there was a lot to like out of that game last night. Now, I think – going into the Saturday game against Colorado, that'll be a real test. There's a lot to deal with with that Colorado team, not even two years removed from a Stanley Cup run. 
many of the same players there, but a lot more in terms of firepower than, I mean, last night when you look at Arizona, you have, you have Clayton Keller, you have Nick Schmaltz, but these, they're, Keller maybe is a star player, but it's a whole different animal when you have guys like Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, who I know was a little banged up, but I believe he will play tomorrow. So um, you're dealing with a whole different animal in that game, in that arena in Denver, um, where you have a raucous crowd all the time. So interested to see how they come out in that game tomorrow. And, um, you know, it every game is like a new lesson, a new chapter for this team because you feel like they're growing in leaps and bounds with almost each game. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on Open Table. Joe, I was definitely a little surprised by Torello's comments because I thought they did a ton of things well um, also. I mean, you look at it, they they scored early, they built on the lead, they built on all their leads. They scored early goals in the second and third periods to do that. They blocked shots. They had 23 of those. Uh, they were opportunistic offensively. They didn't give the Coyotes much. They prevented odd man rushes, uh, and they got good goaltending. I just thought they did a lot of things well, and that's why I really, truly believe that maybe Tortorella isn't fabricating everything in his postgame comments, but I really felt he was trying to keep them as uh, balanced as possible and understanding that they're not perfect and they, they do have things to work on. Um, and that, to me, that's just a, uh, a veteran kind of savvy coach that understands how to do that with his team throughout the ebbs and flows of a season. Joe, one thing I thought that really went under the radar that I thought the Flyers accomplished, and I think they had been wanting to do this, was a couple things. Igor Zamula got back in the lineup. He played 19 minutes, which was the second most of his season – uh, so far, which I thought was huge. They were able to keep him in the game uh, in, a, in a winning game and not really shelter him. And then they got Sandheim's minutes down to around 19 as well. I mean, Sandheim was leading the NHL in minutes per game going into that night with a little over 26 a game. And they had him down to 19 in a win. And we saw how effective Sandheim and York can be when they're not playing 25 to 26 and they're playing 19 to 20. How impressed were you by just the balance on the back end and the Flyers benefiting from that. Yeah, I think the balance is good. I don't know that you want your top D pair playing under 20 minutes, though. I mean, yeah. you you know, but if you're trying to give them a break and kind of find that the happy medium of where they should be at a game when you're not wearing them out completely, but I, I think you would want them to be on the ice more than 20 minutes if that's your top pair. But we did see... Sanheim, of course, York scores. And Tor John Tortorella, before yesterday's game, talked about how he was going to try to remedy some minutes. He talked about playing Risto on the power play. Now, we saw Risto on the power play last year as a net front presence and not necessarily on the point. So we'll see. I think we'll see how that kind of starts to develop as Risto kind of – I feel like he – a guy that big is going to take some time to get their legs under them, returning from an injury – um, especially with the amount of time that he missed. So I I'm interested to see how he does it. I think it's good to find a happy medium, though I don't know that increasing your 
second pair minutes and your third pair minutes is great because those guys' effectiveness might start to go down as well. But overall, this team defensively, I think that's one of the most underrated stories of the season is how effective they've been top to bottom defensively. Of course, goaltending helps that, and they're getting good goaltending, particularly from Hart. Um, but Arison seems to have found his way in recent games as well. So um, I I really am impressed with their the, the back end because, to me, when you have a young team and the back end is where things are going to – it's where the holes are going to show up. And right now they're not showing up with this team. And to me, that's particularly impressive. I mean, you look at a team and you, around the league, and I'm just going to bring up Edmonton – early in the season, their holes, they have two of the top guys that have every season are in the top five and scoring in the league in McDavid and Dreisaitl. But when you're giving up five, seven goals a game, you're not going to win because of the back end. So shoring up that back end to me is, is paramount. And right now, I mean, they've had Sean Walker play uh, great minutes this season. He's getting attention around the league. Um, Risto, of course, has turned returned and, and been an effective player. Obviously, Sanheim is is having his best season as a pro. Um, York, we're seeing the bright spots, and I think we're seeing York his all-around game get better as we go on here. So um, really, there's not much to say negatively about this core on defense. Uh they're to me, right now, that they are carrying this team. The goaltending and the defense are really the identity of this team right now. And blocking shots, and these guys have all bought in, and that really is, you know, a hallmark John Tortorella team. It really has been, I think, the biggest surprise of the season is the back end. That was, in my opinion, probably the biggest question mark going into the year because we all knew the Flyers had some young forwards up front, some guys that – opened eyes last year and everyone was thinking, okay, they're young up front. They're going to get a couple players back as well. And then we knew what they had in net with Carter Hart, but defense, they traded Ivan Provorov. They bought out Tony D'Angelo and Justin Braun retired. So half of that position group um, left and you, you just, I think you've had four to five guys really exceed expectations. Sean Walker is having the best year of his career and is looking at a guy that earned power play time not long ago. Nick Sealer is having the best year of his career. He's a plus 13. He's playing like over four to five minutes than what he averaged in his career. Cam York, we weren't sure if it was going to be a top pair of guy and he's playing top pair minutes. And Travis Sanheim, of course, is a guy that uh, everyone knew had the rebound. And I'm not, I'm not sure everyone was certain that he could be a top pair defenseman. He's playing like a number one. So yeah, a position group that I think has surprised a lot of people and has been really kind of the linchpin to this team and why it's exceeding expectations so far. I mean, the Flyers are in second place of the Metropolitan Division. It's early, but I'm not sure anyone had them being in second place, you know, going into December or over a quarter into this season. So I've been impressed by the defense. And when I think when the Flyers have a lead, they're so effective because they can balance their minutes a little bit more. Sean Walker and Nick Sealer can play a little bit more late in games because when they're not building on leads or they're not getting leads, 
they're going to run Sanheim out there. They're going to run York out there and they're going to push for offense. And then what happens is you probably overplay those guys a little too much um, because those are really your main offensive threats defensively uh, on the back end. So when they have leads, they can play Walker and Sealer 20 minutes. They can keep Sanheim York in check and they can even run that third pair out there like they did last night. Um, so really, Joe, I think, would you agree that a trend all season is going to be them trying to grab leads and dictate style of play? Yeah, I think it's kind of like what I brought up in the beginning of this episode here. Learning how to win, when you can add the leads, then that affords you more to take more liberties with the lineup and give some of your top guys, <coughs> excuse me, a break. Um, give them less minutes as they did last night. I feel like it's all part of the plan um, because there's no reason to play a guy 28 minutes when you have a three-goal lead or even if you have a two-goal lead late in the game. But if you're in a one-goal game, if you're down a goal, if you're in a tie game, like you said, you're going to keep running those guys out there. So I think it's key. When you have an opportunity to build on leads, you build on the leads, and that not help not only helps you for that game, it helps you in the long run, and it helps you learn how to win. It, 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 you really, you know, you develop tendencies that are not – you're playing to win and not playing not to lose. And that sounds cliche, but I think in hockey, the nature of the game, that's – cliche is more accurate than it is in other sports. And um, I think what we're seeing now is the Flyers really – realizing that in the long run learning how to win and building on leads and spelling some minutes for guys are are going to be beneficial not necessarily it's not necessarily about this team's always had their eye on the future but I'm not sure they had it on the future in intense in the sense of like the spring or March and now maybe they're starting to look that way. I know we started looking at the standings this week on pre and post game. And anytime we're looking at the standings for a good reason um, around, the, you know, getting close to the holidays, um, you have to be happy. And why I thought Thursday night's win over the Coyotes for the Flyers was so impressive, too, was because, Joe, they had been playing so many close games. Games where they were having to come from behind, games that were going to overtime to the shootout. And here are the Coyotes who have won, who had won five straight. They've given up just five goals over those five games. And I'm thinking this is going to be at least, if anything, a close game. And the Flyers really just dictated play from almost puck drop. Uh, so that's why I thought it was really impressive, a good win that where the Flyers can maybe put a feather in their cap and say, yeah, we, you know, we did this against a pretty good team, one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Uh, if we play like that moving forward, uh, they're going to win, you know, more often than not. Absolutely. And the, and it's not as if the Coyotes were um, not playing well. They faced they, – they might have been the hottest team in the NHL mm -hmm. entering that game last night. They had five straight wins against the last five Stanley Cup champions. So it's not like they were beating nobodies, and they really were playing well. They were scoring a lot of goals. And the Flyers put a stop to all that on their home ice last night. And and I think you can't ignore that. It's not like you can still say, well, it's early. It is early, but it's not early, early. I mean, it's you're getting to the middle portion of the season here. So 
it's becoming not playing above their heads. It's just, this is who this team is. And I think that's where the Flyers want to get to. They want to make the decisions about trades and things that are going to happen after the new year. They want to make those as difficult as could be. And I don't know that everyone anticipated them those decisions being difficult. Um, but the interview that Ashland did with Jonesy a couple of weeks ago, he's not surprised by the start. And I think that tells you a lot about what's going on internally with this team, the coaching staff, the front office, and the players. And Joe, we always analyze John Tortorella's decisions on this podcast. We've been critical of him. We've praised him. And I think everyone knows the head coach is always under a microscope. One one decision I think he deserves a lot of credit for is deciding to put Travis Konechny on the PK when he when he first got here. He he was hellbent on making Konechny an all-situation player, and that meant having him kill penalties. And I don't think anyone prior to Tortorella really felt like Konechny would be a penalty killer in the NHL. And that decision has paid off big time. Another shorthanded goal last night, and it was a huge one. It put them up 3-1 early in the second period. Really put the Flyers in control. And he's got six shorthanded goals now over the last two seasons. That's tied for the most in the NHL. Just how impressed have you been with Konechny as a penalty killer? Well, here's the thing with Konechny. John Tortorella decided that he was going to – like maybe one of our best, more dynamic goal scorers with more room on the ice can be really dangerous. And now we're seeing that pay off. And there's always this thing, and last night was the perfect example of a, of a game. There's always this thing where you have to live with some of the Konechny stuff to get the best of him. And you're always on that edge. And John Tortorella has talked about this a number of times over the last couple of years that Travis Konechny's at his best when he's Travis Konechny. And that means taking some liberties, doing things. I mean, I know he was, you know, the first goal or the only goal that the Coyotes scored, he was on the ice for. And, you know, he makes a mistake, but he gives you two goals. You can't argue with that outcome. You're always going to take that, including the shorthanded chance. So, Anytime you can put that on the ice and the Flyers, the way they play the PK, it's become dangerous. It's more dangerous than their power play, quite frankly. Um, you know, you have to like that. And, you know, major props to John Tortorella for recognizing that and getting that extra layer out of Konechny's game. He said he, he saw a lot of Cam Atkinson connecting, and I can see it too. Kind of smaller players who kind of dart around the ice, they're quick. Um, and they're always a threat. I talked to Morgan Frost's, one of his uh, junior hockey coaches a long time ago uh, when he was still with the Sioux Greyhounds, and he told me that they put some of their most talented players on the PK because they felt talent puts pressure on the opposing power play. It kind of always keeps the power play on its heels, and that's a lot easier to do at the junior hockey level when you typically have your best players in all situations, but you're seeing it with Konechny. He's probably their biggest threat um, offensively, and he's a guy that's always going to keep that opposing power play on its heels, and he's done that. I mean, he he has consistently done that, and the Flyers have seen the rewards for it. So uh, kudos to Tortorella, and it's really making Konechny blossom into kind of a, an all-star type of player, um, all-situation guy, which I think he has wanted to prove he can be. 
Joe, how big, uh, I'll end it with this. How big is this avalanche game? I think it, you know, we talk about barometers all the time with this team, but I think that's par for the course with a rebuilding team. You want to see it continue to prove itself to me, this avalanche game. I mean, if the Flyers can win this one in Colorado, I would be very, very impressed. We've talked a lot this year about measuring sticks. I think this is a big measuring sticks. We mentioned the Ranger game, which was not great for the Flyers as a measuring stick. We've mentioned a few other games as a measuring stick. The 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 speed and the skill that the Avalanche possess, there's few teams in the NHL that have that speed, both with McCarr on the back end, McKinnon in terms of their forwards, and you have to play this game on the road. So to me, this is a big-time measuring stick. If you can go to toe-to-toe with this team, I'm not even saying necessarily win the game. That is a great step forward for this team. It shows you really where they are. And, I mean, if you're for real, at least right now, at this point in the season, you'll want to show it in that game tomorrow because you're going to be tested, particularly by their speed and skill. Because, again, you know, McKinnon is one of the, what, three, four best players in the NHL. Kale McCarr, probably in the three, four best players in the NHL. Um, and, um, you know, it it's really going to test out how far this team has come and how far they've matured is how they stack up against this Colorado team tomorrow night. Joe Fordyce will have pre and post game live pregame live at 8 30 PM Eastern time on NBC sports, Philadelphia. And of course, post game live after the final buzzer, Joe, thank you so much as always. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. A massive thank you to Spencer McCurcher, our truly do it all video producer for chipping in here and helping us out record this Flyers Talk podcast. And of course, Flyers fans, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.